Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, back better than ever, and I'm so glad that you are joining me for these few moments in time. On today's show, I want to talk about when trusting God is hard. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with. Take some copious notes, as I believe I have a word from the Lord for you today. I want to start here in Proverbs chapter 3. Verse number five, a familiar passage of scripture, Proverbs chapter three, verse number five. And it reads like this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings. I want to give you another verse of scripture as well in Psalms 112, verse number seven. And it says, he is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm trusting in the Lord. These two verses of scripture are very real to me, and I'm sure that they may be real to you because we go through seasons, cycles, circles of finding it hard to trust God. And in Proverbs 3 and 5, it makes it very clear that we should trust the Lord with all of our heart and don't lean to our own understanding. And it's very hard many times to not lean to our own understanding because we want to understand some things. But things happen in our life that we just cannot find any answers to. We're scratching our head up all night trying to figure it out. We're leaning to our own understanding. But we have to trust the Lord with everything, especially now. And then uh, Psalms 112 verse 7 is very key as well. It says he's not afraid of bad news. And you know news is going around from here to there. But the scripture makes it very clear that we should not be afraid when we hear bad news. And here's why. His heart is firm. So when we look at that word heart, it's the soul, it's the mind, the will, the emotions. His heart, his mind, his will, his emotions, his imagination, his conscience. Everything is firm because I'm trusting God. Now, trusting God is hard as we know, especially when we can't see him, when we can't feel him. When we can't look at him with our eyes and when we're trying to access God from our feeling nature, we start off wrong from the beginning because the scripture lets us know that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So our spirit man has the ability to access God. We can sense when he's around and when we begin to flow from our spirit man, It will really help us to understand that God is near to us, even when we can't reach out and feel him. It's not like being in a natural relationship where you want to look at your spouse or look at your kids. God is altogether different. So the way that we access him is through our spirit. So it is my prayer that you would begin to cultivate your spiritual connection with God. I want to give you about four practical ways you can begin to trust God, and I hope it will encourage you today 
Because if you're finding it difficult, don't beat yourself up about it. We all go through these times again when we're trying to find answers. But God is our answer and we have to trust him even though we can't see him. All right. So let me give you number one. Make a decision not to worry. Yes. You want to write this down. Make a decision not to worry. And this in and of itself is a miracle because you know and I know that we wake up with all kind of challenges thrown at us, things that are not of our making, things that seem to cycle in a 24-hour period coming at you from all sides. You can go to bed tonight, get up tomorrow, and it's something else. It's always a challenge. But I want to encourage you, you've got to make a decision. If you don't, then you're going to decide to worry. So you've got to make a decision and say, I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm not going to put that in my thoughts. I'm not going to put that in my imagination. I'm not going to be one of the ones that say, if it's something bad, it always happens to me. I've got to get control over my thought life. Now, I want to give you 1 Peter chapter number 5, and we're going to start here at verse number 7. Because this is something that I do every day in my time and my meditation. Because if I don't, I'll find myself throughout my day just worried about all kind of things. And a lot of the things that we're worried about never happens. So we've got to really get the word of God in our mentality, in our mindset, and wash out all the debris, all the filth, so that we can move in a higher level of plane of consciousness with the spirit of God. Here's the scripture. It says, casting all your care upon him. Very simple, very plain. Casting all of it. All is all. All is every. Everything that you're dealing with right now, God says, I want to take it, but I won't rip it out of your hands. You've got to be willing to give it to me. Casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. So in order for me to receive God's care, I've got to give the things over to him that I care about. If not, then I'm going to hold on to it and it's going to make me sick. It's going to stress me out. It's going to cause me to be in a bad place all day, all week, all month. And you and I know that we need our strength to do the things that God has called us to do. So we've got to cast all of our care, throw it on him for he cares for you. So I want you to get this out of your mentality that no one cares. God cares. And really, he's the only one that knows how to give you special care and special attention. God is concerned about the things that you're concerned about, even the little things. And many times in our mind, we have this notion, why bring that to God? Because that's petty. He's not concerned about that. No, he is because he knows that you care about it and it's weighing you down. So for you not to do it, you're operating in pride. And so we've got to get rid of the pride, cast all of our care on him, because what is waiting for us is his care, his help, his instruction, his word to us. Here's another scripture in Philippians chapter four, starting at verse number six and concluding at verse number seven. It says, do not be anxious about anything that we're anxious is worry, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's what happens when you do that. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I want you to begin to practice this. Don't read it, but practice the practicing. Be a practitioner. If you are a follower of Christ, you are commanded to do this, not just hear it. Yeah, the Bible does say be hearers, but not just hearers, be doers of the word. Just don't hear it, but do it. So, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you've got to do all three. Let your request be made known unto God. Don't hide your request. In other words, what do you want to see happen in this situation? This is the spirit of God giving us a carte blanche to ask the father, what do you want to happen? What do you want to see made plain for you? What miracle? What sign? What wonder? What do you want to see happen? And then something supernatural happens for us. We get the peace of God. The peace of God is very powerful because what it does, it surpasses all of your understanding. It's like putting you in a bubble. And even though things are being thrown at you, it cannot penetrate your heart. And the scripture says it will guard your heart. In other words, it's like an umpire. If you've watched baseball before. The pitcher throws the ball and it's the umpire that calls the strikes. It's the umpire that calls the other things that may be coming the catcher's way. Let the power of God guard your heart. And call those things out of your life that is causing you not to live your best life now. And it will guard your hearts and your minds. You get a twofold blessing. It's going to deal with your mind. It's going to deal with the fluctuations of your mind, the things that are going on in your mind. God says, I want to guard that part of you. And when God does that, I promise you, you will see uh, something supernatural happen for you when you begin to connect and sync up with God in a powerful way. Number two, tell your thoughts what to think and tell your feelings how to feel. I want to say that to you again. Tell your thoughts what to think and tell your feelings how to feel. The problem is we allow our thoughts and feelings to go unchecked. And everything you are thinking is not coming from God. And everything that you're feeling is not coming from God. So when you know the thoughts of God and when you know how God feels about you, when negative thoughts and certain things of uneasiness come your way, you already know that that is not of God. The problem is we don't do anything about it. So it gains strength and momentum. And before you know it, you succumb to the very thoughts and the feelings that you have. But I want you to be proactive in this season, especially if you're finding it difficult to trust God. You have to tell yourself what to think. You've got to tell your thoughts how to feel. That's your responsibility. God is not going to do that for you. Again, you have to practice this because your feelings are directly associated with your thoughts. Notice what it says here. Here's a snapshot of Mark chapter 14, 72. And before I give you this, if you want to control your feelings, you must first control your thought life. And then you can see this in Mark 14, 72, when Peter's thoughts about the denial of Jesus, it caused him to weep. He thought about it. He thought about what he did. And then the next thing that happened, he started to cry. 
Notice that his feelings and emotions were directly controlled by what he thought. So what Peter should have done, and I know he was in a bad situation. He needed to understand after being with Jesus for three and a half years that the Lord was not going to be mad at him. As a matter of fact, Jesus already told him you were going to deny me. So God already knows certain things about us. But when it happens, it's like this big moment it's like a kaboom in our life. And we say to ourselves, I can't believe I did this. But see, God knew that we would do it. And he also knew that he would restore Peter. But when Peter thought about how bad he treated Jesus, he cried. Many times we cry about things because we don't have the power to change them. But if you have the power to change it, most certainly you won't cry about it. So again, we've got to control what we're thinking about and we have to control how we feel. If we don't, things will spiral out of control. Here's another example. David explains the same connection between his thoughts and his feelings. And he says in Psalm 73, verse number 16, when he incorrectly thought that the wicked would escape the judgment of God. It was too painful for him. He became upset and angry. Notice the pattern when he thought about how he thought the wicked would escape God's judgment. Even now, we think that the wicked are never going to be judged. We think they're just going to get away scot-free. The things that people have done to you, you think there'll be no retribution for you. But God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. But look at where his mindset was. And because he did nothing about it, he got upset and he got angry. Ask Cain what happened when he got upset and got angry and God began to deal with him. He let it go unchecked and he killed his brother Abel. And many of us would say that would never happen to me. I would never get upset. I would never get angry to the point where murder would happen. Well, I'm sure that when Cain got up that day, he didn't think he would do that either. But if he had checked his emotions, had he just thought about what he was thinking about, if he put his feelings in check, he would not have gone that way. So we've got to be very understanding of who we are, know who we are, know what our temptations are. And when we start thinking and feeling things that are not of God, we've got to do something about it. This is what David did. David said, I now understand when he went into the sanctuary and turned his thoughts towards heaven, the sanctuary, the house of God, our devotional time, our prayer time is when God wants to give us revelation about our situation. And this is why you've got to pull your thoughts and your feelings, drag them into the presence of God and be honest with him and tell him how you feel. This is one thing that we don't learn in church. Many times we like to camouflage this. But the truth of the matter is there are times when we're upset with God. I've been upset with God and I blamed him for things that really were not of his making or something that he didn't do. But we're looking to blame someone. But when we grow and mature and God is not mad at us when we get in this stage, we just got to be able to check ourselves when we're thinking like this. When seeds begin to be planted into our life, don't act on it. Check it. No beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is for you. You'll make it on the other side. So your feelings are directly, again, associated with your behavior. So if you want to control your feelings, you must also control your behavior.
Number three, soak your mind in the word of God. And here's what we mean by that. God's word will remind you of what he said and the promises he made to you. So I want you to begin to read the word of God, study the word of God differently. Put yourself there. I know we read about Bible characters and different things like that, but the promises of God are talking about you, not just the Bible character that you're reading about. So you got to remind yourself what God said, because the enemy is reminding you of how bad it's going to turn out. And how do you know? Because you begin to say it out of your mouth. That tells you who you're paying attention to. Whose report are you going to believe? Which means you've got a choice. So you've got to remember what God said about you when things are not good, when things are just sketchy, when you're ready to throw in the towel and quit, when you say, I can't take it anymore, when you are frustrated and you just don't want to do what you're supposed to do. You have got to remind yourself what God said, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your imagination, soak it in the word of God. Here's the best example I have. If you ever had any dirty clothes before, dirty socks or whatever, you soak them. Some things you wash and then other things you soak and you soak it in there until that solution gets through every fabric of that dirt that's in that sock or in that shirt. So sometimes you have to soak it overnight. My, my reality is, or your reality should be, that if I'm going through some things and it's hard for me to understand uh, how to get out of a situation, I need to soak my mind in the word of God until I can get a revelation about what God has already said. For those of you that read the word, you know some things that God has promised you, but we forget. So we've got to soak it so we won't forget because the enemy wants to tell us it's over. We'll never make it. But you can win in life and be victorious if you soak your mind in the word of God. Now, again, when we talk about soaking, it means to spend time with the word until it gets in you. That's what you need to do. Spend time with the word until it gets in you. How do you know it's in you? Because you're talking differently. You're thinking differently. You're behaving differently. You've got the peace of God inside of you. When you talk to people, you can sense that this thing is working because it's working for you. And you are the greatest testimony that the world needs to see. People are looking to you. When they And they may not even tell you that they're looking at you or checking you out or to see if you're a believer like you say you are. But when you soak that word inside of you, there's a manifestation of who God is and what he's come to do in your life. And it will manifest. Now, I would give you this suggestion as well. At night, let the word of God play in your room while you're sleeping. At night is when we can rest and our body is rejuvenating itself. Our mind is decompressing. Our body has a way of reorganizing and getting rid of the things that it doesn't need. God has fearfully and wonderfully made us like that way. But our subconscious never sleeps. It takes in everything. And since it does, we need to have something playing in the background that is ministering to us, that is soaking that word in our subconscious that is helping us 
to deal with certain problems. And one of the things when you do this, you'll wake up in the morning with an answer. You'll wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. You'll wake up in the morning with a revelation of what you have to do. So again, we have to be proactive if we're going to see some things change when we're finding it hard to trust God. Now, let me give you some verses of scripture in Psalms 28, verse number seven. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield in him, my heart trust and I am helped. Notice what it says. My heart exalts and with my song, I will thank him. Isaiah 26 and three says you keep him in perfect peace. Underscore that word, perfect peace without blemishes, whose mind is stayed on thee. Now, remember, if we don't keep our mind on God, then we cannot get this perfect peace. But when we do, we can get this perfect peace because he trusts God. His heart is squarely trusting God because he know and understands that the outcome is going to be great. Look at Romans 8.28, a familiar passage of scripture. And it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. I want, I want to say that to you again. And we know, this is something you've got to know, especially when you're finding it difficult to trust God. You've got to know that for those who love God. So the question is, do you love God? then all things work together for good, not bad. You know the outcome when you know God and when you love him. For those who are called according to his purpose. And God wants to move us from faith into knowing. Faith is, yes, believing God. But when I know something is going to work out, that is different than just me believing it's going to work out. So I want you to begin as you soak your mind in the word of God. These scriptures are going to help you, especially in times like these. Now, I want to give you the last thing. Number four, I want you to remember that God loves you. Yes, he loves the whole world, but I want you to understand how much he loves you. And when you know how much God loves you, Things are going to be different for you. And the enemy wants to tell you that God don't love you at all, especially when you make mistakes. Get over yourself. We all make mistakes. We're never perfect. We're never going to think the right thoughts. Nothing in our bodies on this terra firma is ever going to reach perfection. But what I want to tell you is that does not change how God feels about you. And God says I love you with an everlasting love. Nothing can change it. There's nothing you can do today or tomorrow that will stop God from loving you. Sure, he gets disappointed when we don't do the things that we should do. But I promise you, his love for you is always the same. Here's why. I'm going to give you a definition of what love really is. Because when we look at love, we think it's some type of feeling, some type of sensation uh, the hairs on the back of our head or goosebumps on our arms. That's a feeling. But love, according to God, is a decision. He decided to love you. God said, I love you so much, I decided to send my son to die for you. 
had nothing to do with how he felt. He made a decision. And when God makes a decision, he doesn't back up from it. So love is a decision. And when we know that God has made some decisions according to how he's going to treat us, even though we may not respond to it, or even if we don't reciprocate it, it doesn't change how God feels about us because God loves us. Here's a scripture for you. In 1 John chapter number 4, verse 16, it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Check this out. We know it and we rely on it. I'm leaning on the love of God because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So God says, I want you to be connected to my love. Live in me and I'm going to live in you. And the medium there, the connection that binds us together is my love because I made a decision to love you. Here's one of my favorite scriptures here in Romans chapter eight, starting at verse number 37. And we'll conclude at verse number 39. It says, no, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, for I am convinced, notice what Paul says here, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers. Verse 39, neither height, nor death, or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul here listed a myriad of things that would cause you and I to be separated, but he said nothing is going to separate me from the love of God. Now, Paul is leaning on the love of God. He's got a revelation. Paul didn't say, these are things I'm going to do, and this is why God is going to love me. Paul understood that he could lay his faith squarely on God and say to you and I, death or life or angels or demons, etc., etc., none of these things are going to separate me because he know or he knows and understands the importance of how much God loved him. And we're talking about Paul who was once Saul, who persecuted the Christians. I mean, he did all kind of bad things. And I'm sure Paul was like, listen, if I can have a sure foundation in faith about how much God loves me, you can do the same. The last verse here is in Isaiah 54 and 10. Notice what it says. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. This is a promise from God. All things can be shaking around you even now. But I want to encourage you. God says my love for you will never be shaken because I've got a covenant of peace See, God, when he has a covenant with you, nothing can shake that covenant. You can walk away from the covenant of God, but God never walks away from you. So I want you to begin as you go about your day, as you begin to take in a few things that I've shared with you 
to make it your aim and your goal, especially if you're finding it hard to trust God. I want you to begin to practice these four things and take some time and read these scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you some things that he wants to say through what I've said to you today. I believe with all of my heart that it is high time that we take God at his word. And I realize there's so many things that will try to separate us. There's so many things that are going to try to come at you tomorrow and next week and next month. But I want you to know you can trust God for God is faithful. Faithful is he that is promised. God is not a man that he should lie. Whatever he said to you, whatever he said, he is well able to do it. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to go through things. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have any challenges because you will. All right. But when you have these challenges, I want you to know that God is going to carry you through it. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So God didn't stop death from coming all around him. But he said, I'm walking through it. David had all kind of challenges, but he realized I've got to keep on going. And when you keep on moving, moving in faith, connecting with the spirit of God, God's spirit will be so real to you more than your natural senses. And that's really where we need to get to in our walk with God. All right. Well, that's all that I have for you today. I pray the few things that I shared with you blessed your life? If so, I want you to reach out to me by email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Send me an email. Let me know that these shows are blessing you. You can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. You'll find a subscriber box there. Put your email in that subscriber box and click, click the send button and I will send you a free PDF that you can read that will encourage you in your walk with God. On that same website, scroll down to the bottom of the screen. If you want to financially be a partner with me as I aim to, to empower you in the things of God, I want you to uh, consider financially partnering with me. No dollar amount is too big. No dollar amount is too small. And everything that you give goes towards helping me stay on the air and to uh, continue to empower you with the things of God. So remember, I'm always praying for you, believing God's best for you. Keep your head up, keep moving in faith. And until next time, peace to the family. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be, be empowered. empowered.